who are you at your best when you make decisions? And what do you need to help you be in that place? This is how you begin to know who you are and what is true for you. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Hey, it's Carly. So a few years ago, I was making a big move. I was moving from Miami back up north to the Berkshires. And this was a big transition on a lot of levels, not just because it was a cross-country move, but also because I was shifting the way I was running my business. I was ending a long-term relationship and I was shopping around for the right house for me, looking for the right place and just felt like I was striking out. Place after place just wasn't quite a match. And I finally found a house that felt like it could be home. And I was so excited about it. And I remember calling my mother. She had been sick. She'd had the flu. And I called her and and we were talking. And my mother is wonderfully pragmatic. She's really good at kind of the nuts and bolts of logistics and thinking things through and making, you know, safe, sound choices. And as I'm telling her, you know, about this idea for a house, she quickly jumped in with, well, what moving company are you going to hire? And how much is it going to cost to move? And how quickly do you have to make the decision? How long has the house been on the market? And as she's asking me all these questions and giving me her opinions about how to make some good choices moving forward around this house, I felt the effervescent joy and enthusiasm I had for this house shrinking into a hard knot in the pit of my stomach. I felt like I was having to defend my choices. I was feeling overwhelmed by everything she was throwing my way. And I just remember wanting to get off the phone as quickly as possible. And of course, she was incredibly well-meaning. And isn't this just the way we all are? We have a lot of opinions. And regardless of the territory of transition you find yourself in, you might notice that when you are making a change, that people come out of the woodwork with their thoughts about how we should handle that. So let's say you're wanting to exercise differently or eat differently. Well, everybody has an opinion about what exercise works, which doesn't, what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat. Or maybe you're navigating a bigger transition around an illness. You know, when you have a diagnosis, all of a sudden, everybody has an opinion about, well, maybe this chemotherapy is good or this type of radiation, or you should definitely do natural therapies, or maybe there's nutrients you need to look into, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I talk a lot, you know, in my practice about how the women who thrive in the big three, and the big three, of course, around here is their career, their health, and their relationships, that they're able to self-source some of the information that they hear, meaning that they make sure that on a consistent daily basis, that the information that they're listening to, at least a big part of it, is coming from within themselves. They have learned to figure out a barometer. They've gotten comfortable with this sense of what does and doesn't feel true for them. And so I love 
being really practical and really pragmatic. And one of the questions I get a lot is, okay, Carly, so how do I know which ideas within myself I should listen to or not, or which ideas coming from around me I should listen to or not? So whether they're our own opinions or they're other people's opinions or ideas, how do we really know which step forward make sense for you specifically right now? So today I'm going to guide you through a very practical way to hear all of those options and know which ones actually are of service to you right now, which ones probably not so much. And here's the part I'm really excited about. By the end of this episode, you will know even more about who you uniquely are at your best when you're making decisions. So the process I'm going to go with you today, go with you through today, is very much like my favorite shampoo. It's like a rinse and repeat situation. (laughs) Once you know the framework for how to know which options or which opinions make service to you, you can rinse and repeat this again and again as new options or opportunities come your way. Now, what I'm about to share for you, this section is what we call OPOs, and OPOs are other people's opinions, so that's my shorthand. When you hear me say OPO, I'm talking about other people's opinions, and this is one of these phrases we've coined in navigating a graceful transition, which is a course I've been teaching for years with my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Maria Sirwa. I've had some people email me because we were scheduled to be leading this course for the fourth year in a row at Kripalu Center up in New England. And of course, with C19, there's a really good chance that some of those programs are going to have to be rescheduled. So good news, Kripalu has reached out to us and would like to pioneer us bringing Navigating a Graceful Transition online with them. So stay posted for that. Know that we're definitely going to make sure that this program runs now, especially as a lot of us are now navigating transition. But in the meantime, there's a free mini navigating a graceful transition class up on my website. There's four little mini modules. They're like about 10 minutes long each. One on how do I even begin to navigate this change? One on OPOs, what we're about to talk about today. One on am I being selfish? How to know when you need to make a decision that works for you or when you need to make a decision that works for somebody else. And then the last module is on understanding the cost of making change and the cost of not making change so that you know which way makes sense for you. So I will put a link to access that, that free mini navigating a graceful transition class in the show notes or go on over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast and I'll put a link to it next to this episode. This is episode 27. It's totally free. There's nothing for sale in there. This is just really rich content that you're not going to find anywhere else. It's the kind of stuff I wish I had years ago when first navigating my first transitions. So with that in mind, I want to give a quick shout out here. There's a woman named Sabrina. And if you joined us for our live Gathering Our Wits and Wisdom podcast pajama party that we did back at the end of March when C19 first happened, a bunch of women who listened to the show from all over the world and men to, we got together to gather ourselves, to kind of get our mental game in check for what we knew would be an unprecedented time. And Sabrina was there. And you might remember this story, if you happen to be there, that she shared. It was kind of a game changer. So in preface to this, Sabrina sent me, she gave a little shout out to me online and she said this, Hey Carly, 
I want to stop for a moment and say thank you. (laughs) I have been heeding your advice for a long time, and ever since Messy and Magnificent came out, you have been hitting it out of the park. You have helped me to realize that I can make my own dreams come true, and I'm the one who gives myself permission to breathe, as well as to set up some boundaries. I appreciate everything you teach us hardworking women and men. Being successful isn't easy, but you make it okay to say I am messy and magnificent. Mm, Sabrina, (laughs) like a glowing endorsement. But what I'm really excited about there is that you are giving yourself permission, permission to breathe and permission to make these boundaries. So check out what Sabrina did. So on the live gathering our wits and wisdom, she raised her hand. She asked to speak and she said, I just want to say this out loud. After many, many years in a specific job that she's had for a long time that has been draining her, she decided to quit. Now, this was not an impulsive decision. She'd been thinking about this for a very long time. She sat down and spoke with her family about it because it was going to impact them. Everybody was supportive. They made a plan. It was time for her to leave. And the day she was going to give notice, she heard this voice within herself. And the voice said, are you kidding me? What are you doing right now? Who do you think you are to quit this job? And Sabrina reported back that within a moment, a second voice arrived with her within herself. And she said, I know exactly who I am. I have thought through this decision. Who am I to make this choice? I'm the woman who is quitting this job. That's who I am. (laughs) I just, we all like, I mean, there was tears, there was laughter. We were all cheering her on because she was able to hold the normal fearful question whenever we make change that sounds something like, who are you to be doing this? Who do you think you are to quit this job? And she was also able to hear something else that was more true for her which is, no, I've actually thought about this. Who I am is the woman who is prepared to quit this job. So Sabrina, big shout out to you. Thank you for sending me this message and thank you for sharing your internal process with us all. This is gonna be very relevant to the content of today's call. And hey, if you're listening to the podcast, I would love to give you a shout out too. So leave me a review on iTunes or send me a message and tag me on social so that I can have you in this conversation with me. All right. So we are going to get started here. We are going to talk about OPOs, other people's opinions, and specifically how to navigate that. And and when I say other people's opinions, I also mean all the people that live within inside of ourselves. For example, Sabrina, when she gave this example of like, I made this decision and then there's this other little voice that I'm hearing in my head that's causing me to doubt myself or question myself. So we've got, you know, the external other people and then we've got all the opinions within ourselves. And I'm going to give you a very specific framework here. And in fact, I have made a navigating your OPOs master sheet that you can download for free on the website that will guide you through this process. Do yourself a favor, go download the master sheet and actually fill in these three circles as I guide you through them. Hearing them is great. It is a-okay to just listen in right now. But you will get so much more out of this if you actually give yourself the courtesy and the respect 
to write your thoughts down on a piece of paper. I promise you. And if your printer's not working or you're used to using the one at the office and now you're stuck at home, grab a blank piece of paper and you can you can replicate what I've created online. So go on over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. Go to this episode, download it totally for free and use it to guide yourself through the steps that we're about to do. So what I'm about to share with you this particular framework for helping ourselves make decisions that are true comes to us from a woman named Carissa Thacker. Now, Carissa Thacker is a business psychologist. And what that means is that she helps connect the dots between how people operate and a positive and negative impact that that can have on our business or career results. And she wrote a phenomenal book called The Art of Authenticity. I highly recommend it for anybody who's wanting to feel more authentic within themselves and within their career. It's a great read. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But what she's really devised here is a system for us to begin to start to kind of muddle through all of the opinions, internal and external, that are coming out of us. Because here's the deal. One of the foundational principles that we really bank on when we're moving towards a choice, when we're in a position where we're navigating change, is that we want to move in the direction that's more true. Right? We always want to move towards what is more alivening, what is more healthy, what is in alignment with our values and our integrity. And so sometimes we have to wade through things and shift around and sort through a little bit of dust to get to the gold. So we are gonna, if you're using the, the guide that I've created for you, you are going to look at the circle called the ought circle. So there's three circles. Imagine if you're just listening, there's three circles on a piece of paper. And the first circle is called the ought circle. Ought as in you ought to be doing this. <laughs> okay. This is where all the should voices go in. This is where, uh, you know, your, your auntie, her opinion is on what you should be doing next or what your coworker's opinion is or your employee or your boss's or your nephew or your sister or your spouse's opinion. These are all the voices that are coming at you with advice about how you should be navigating this. Go ahead and write down all of those opinions there within the odd circle. Write it all down. And I'll say what's really interesting about the odd circle, about this segment of opinions that comes to us, is that we can often experience the voices that are sharing these opinions as judgment right? We receive them sometimes as if they are the law, that it's critical that we behave in a certain way, that we do exactly what is being laid out before us. And and we can feel really defensive, inadvertently, unconsciously even. We feel like we have to defend ourselves against the oughts. Like I was feeling in in my top example with my own mother, who was incredibly well-meaning, I felt like I had to defend my choice to explore this house being the right move for me. And that's not really what she was trying to do. But sometimes when the oughts are coming at us quickly, our guard goes up. We begin to feel under attack. And so just taking a moment to put these babies down on paper begins to give us a little healthy distance from them, a little bit of objectivity. We're beginning to see them for what they are, the opinions of other people. So in your ought circle, go ahead and write down all of the shoulds coming at you, all of the opinions, whether you agree with them or not, there is space for them here as you navigate the change that you're making. 
So that's circle number one. The second circle is what we call the real circle. The real circle is everything that you are thinking and feeling. This is where you get to put all the opinions that you have within yourself down on paper. So that might look like, well, I should definitely call back this realtor about the house and I should, you know what? I should wait longer. Maybe I shouldn't make the move now. No, don't wait. You should make the move now. We'll call this moving company. Don't call that moving company. Just getting it all out on paper. This is like the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is really important that we give space for all of who we are to exist. And we understand that we are multifaceted beings, that we aren't always of one train of thought. And I don't know about you, but I will have conflicting thoughts in the same sentence sometimes. You know, at three in the morning, I'll wake up and think, oh gosh, Carly, you need to email Sue back. Don't you dare email back Sue at three in the morning. You need to go back to sleep, right? Like in the same thought, like, well, come on, right? How, how am I, what am I supposed to do with that? What we're supposed to do is put it down on the paper. Just let it all be there. So if you were navigating a transition or a change that looks something like a change in career, it might look something like, you know what? I ought to stay in this job. I've been here for 10 years. I've worked so hard to get where I am. And another thought might look like, you know what? I've been here for 10 years and I feel stagnant and I'm not sure that I can sustain being here without, you know, sacrificing my spirit or my energy or my well-being. And another thought might be, I ought to at least see what other jobs are out there. Or I ought to talk to a headhunter about a different position that they might have available for me. All of it. (laughs) You're just putting it all out there. This is the real of who you are. So now we've got two circles and I'm about to give you the third. We've got our ought circle. This is the should voices, the opinions externally of everybody else out there. We've got our real circle, which is everything that you are thinking and feeling. Just do a brain dump, get it out on the paper, allow yourself again, a little bit of objectivity to just see it for what it is, which is more opinions. And now we've got the third circle, the third and final. This is the ideal self. This is the circle dedicated to who you are at your best. This is a circle dedicating to what you are moving towards. This is the circle that we get to write into what it might look like if this transition went really well. This is the space for who we are at our best. So I'd love for you to jot down in this circle what if things went ideally moving forward, what it could look like. Who am I at my best in this transition? What could it be like if it actually went well? Now, what's really important about this circle of the ideal self is that it gives us a notion of what movement in a good direction could look like. And that in and of itself, just having the space to explore the idea of a good transition moving forward or an ideal or true or beautiful transition moving forward. 
makes a transformational shift within our brain. Now, some research from Richard Boyatzis, who's over at Case Western University, he's found that when they study what happens neurochemically within the brain, when people are envisioning themselves at their best, when they're envisioning something good happening, the future going well, Just the process of that envisioning actually begins to make positive neurochemical changes within our own brain. Just this state of imagining will begin to open us up to new possibilities that we had not seen before. So even just the being in conversation with ourselves about what good or ideal or true or beautiful thing could be possible moving forward is going to open up a door to a future that is more enlivening than if you hadn't done this exercise. So take a beat and fill in that third ideal circle, your ideal self with who you are at your best. And what a possible beautiful outcome of this transition could be for you. Now, when Marie and I are in conversation with this, she gives this great example of who she is at her best. And I can really relate to this. Tell me if you can too. She talks about how when she needs to make a big decision, she gets out, you know, a piece of paper or a document and she makes a big, extensive pros and cons list. Like that is just like the first thing her brain needs to do. Her brain likes to be logically involved in planning. And so she'll write down, okay, here's all the good reasons to do this. Here's the drawbacks to doing it. And she gets it all down on a piece of paper and she takes a lot of time to do that. And she might, you know, check in with that pros and cons list over a significant period of time. And then who she is at her best is she waits for her heart to tell her what feels right. She dares to pause. So now she's got her big extensive list. She's gotten it all out on paper. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it is out there. And then who she actually is at her best, she waits as long as she needs to wait until it feels right physically within her body. That is when she makes decisions that she feels really good about. So that's her unique process. That's who Maria is when she's at her ideal making decisions. What we want to know, what I want to create space for you to know is who are you at your best when you're making decisions? Now we use this model to help us make our transitions possible, to know what makes sense for us to say yes or no, or just not right now, too. But some of our transitions, they affect more than just us, right? They affect other people. So these kinds of transitions can take time. And returning back to this exercise, so maybe today you get a preliminary brain dump out on the paper, and then you revisit it for a few minutes each day or three times a week until the answer becomes clear. Now, if you're feeling rushed to make your decision, if you're feeling like I have to be making this right now and you're and you're uncomfortable with the idea of not having the answers, (laughs) A, welcome to being human. We all prefer to have the answers. 
there is such richness and daring to live into the questions. This is who we discover more about who we are. And if you need a little bit of support around that, about what it can look like to not rush and to dare to live into the questions, listen to episode 25, where we talk exactly about that, about how driven leaders are learning to slow down and how not only does their world not fall apart, but their world comes back together. So here's one thing that we find to be really helpful when we do this exercise. You've got your three circles filled in. It's a big part of what happens as we create space for all of it is it takes the people that are giving us their opinion out of the realm of judgment. We recognize that this is just what we do as human beings. We have opinions. And now there's a place to put those opinions in the ought circle. And we even become less defensive. I find I can be a whole lot more curious about what people are saying. Like, ooh, I wonder why so-and-so gave me this thought. Or I wonder how many opinions I'm going to get when I start telling people that I'm thinking about moving. That'll be really interesting. I've got a place to go put them now. So we don't take every phrase as the gospel that people share with us. We go ahead and we put it down on paper because sometimes... People are going to give us really helpful opinions, right? They're going to tell us things that are really insightful that we might not have thought of. And so we don't want to accidentally be defending ourselves against all of it. We want to make space for us to look at it with what in yoga we call witness consciousness, which is this ability to just witness, to not necessarily engage or react on an emotional level with every OPO that comes our way. But to allow them, if you could imagine like they were leaves in the fall and you're sitting near a pond and just like watching those leaves float down the river, like, oh, there's an OPO. I see one. Great. (laughs) And letting it just float right on by into the circle so that you can look at it objectively when you are ready. So here's what I want to know from you today. Who are you at your best when you are making decisions? And what do you need in order to be at that best, right? So if you're somebody who's like Maria, who says, I need time. Time is what I actually need, right? So I've got to create some space for this. I might have to create a buffer for myself around this. For example, and if that was related to like my move example, it might mean, look, I actually don't know if this is the right house yet. I'm going to have to give myself a little bit more time. Maybe even though I don't want to, I need to live in a short-term rental before I, I buy a house. Maybe I need a little bit more space. Or maybe you need to go for a walk. Or maybe you need to listen to an inspiring movie or video or podcast or something that bolsters your spirit. So what I'm asking is, who are you at your best when you make decisions? And what do you need to help you be in that place? This is not a rhetorical question. I want you to actually write that down. There's a spot for it on the master guide. Put that where you are going to see it. This is how you begin to know who you are and what is true for you. Tag me on social media. Post it in a comment on iTunes or wherever you listen in. I want to know more about who you are at your ideal. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep prioritizing what you value, including yourself. And I will see you again next week. 
Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.